The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Monday morning. Welcome to another week of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands. WTJXFM 93.1 with yours truly, Nev, Neville James. Beautiful day in paradise, a little cloudy. Partially, well, partly cloudy, but that's uh, beautiful. We're going to be talking with the weather service in a little bit. Um, so they can let us know what's going on. Haven't spoken with them in a minute. Um, also, we should be hearing from the delegate to Congress this morning. I haven't spoken to her a little bit. I, I chatted with her uh, on Saturday. Uh, she's in New York uh, dealing with some personal matters. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, she called in on Tuesday to extend uh, her gratitude and thanks to the people of the Virgin Islands for uh, supporting her in her unopposed candidacy in 2022. Superwoman, as we call her in these parts. Then, of course, you know, the table talk. Uh, looking forward to that at the bottom of the hour. It's going to be an extended one hour and a half. And uh, national politics going to really be a, uh, the flavor uh, in that one because a lot of things are going on upon the mainland um, that... Uh, we're going to have fun with, I know, Doc Skoll. Um, we're going to talk a lot about uh, his good friend, Merrick Garland. Uh, and what kind of leverage the Biden administration has now uh, coming out of what was supposed to be a red wave. But uh, I've always known waves to be blue, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, we're going to have a good discussion, Rocky, Ronnie, and all that stuff, all up in that. So, I'm going to ask my DJ uh, in the meantime and in between time to reach out to the weather service in Puerto Rico to see if the Southern Let us know what's going on. We can also sprinkle in a Stanley and a Jamesy because it's November. Thanksgiving is 10 days away. Could you imagine that? Yeah, the 24th of November this year. Thanksgiving, and then uh, next year, they're going to be the 23rd, and then the year after that, they're going to be the 28th, because I leap, yeah, like I was saying, St. Thomas, so it won't be the 22nd, you're going to skip another day, so we got the weather service joining us this morning, uh, who am I speaking with? David Sanchez. David Sanchez, how are you, David? Good morning, how are you? I'm good, How's, how are you doing, how's San Juan? Uh, we're good. We're good. Everybody good, right? Because it's lovely up here. Yes, yes. We got a um, nice morning overall, but we expect showers uh, later today and tonight. Well, go right ahead. Tell us what you expect. Tell Talk to the public. They've been waiting to hear you. Yeah, so there's a, a, a weak truck that is going to move uh, today through tomorrow uh, across the Eastern Caribbean, basically. And that's going to increase the chances of rainfall. And we can see right now some showers uh, moving across the Anagana Passage. And that's expected to reach the all the islands uh, uh, tonight uh, in through tomorrow. Uh, the moisture content is going to remain relative high, 
and even isolated thunderstorms are possible. Uh, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly if they're gonna, you know, uh, move over land, but there's a chance of thunderstorms uh, at least through Tuesday night uh, across Puerto Rico and the USBI. What kind of rain are we looking at? Significant rain or? Um, it's it's difficult. If the um, we're we're not expected to be uh, uh, like flooding rains uh, as previous rainfall events. Uh, but if you know if if one of those thunderstorms move over in areas, then it, it might cause some, some ponding on water. No, um, we we tend to get heavy humidity in September and October, and then typically we get a lot of rain in November. Um, that's been the case this year, right? A lot of rain in November. Yes, yes, uh, a lot of lot of rain so far. Um, uh, yeah, like like you said, for the past few months. Uh, we are in this wet spell. Um, things should dry out, hopefully, in, in, in December uh, a little bit. And, and yeah, and, and see what happens uh, uh, in the next couple of months. Talk to my boaters and my beachgoers. What should they be expecting for today and tomorrow? I know you said you expect some rain to come in, but... Yeah, so, so uh, I, I mean, the main hazard for boaters uh, through tomorrow at least is going to be the... the the potential for showers and isolated thunderstorms across most of the local waters. And uh, but see if uh, they should stay in close to the close to the coastal waters of the island uh, between two and four feet. And then if, if they venture more out offshore across the Atlantic and even the Anegada Passage, they might encounter seas up to six feet uh, very locally. Um, and you know they should exercise caution. Um, and uh, beach for the beach goer, there's a low to moderate risk uh, across most of the islands. St. Croix usually has the the moderate risk of uh, Rickwood, and so it will be slightly elevated across the southern and northern uh, coast. And uh, finally, uh, what are we looking at uh, in terms of uh, through the middle of the week, heading into the weekend? Yeah, so uh, a drier air mass is expected to move by Wednesday, and, and we should see more more sunny skies, uh, more typical uh, um, island weather, I would say. Uh, there's a chance of passing showers uh, during the overnight and early morning hours, and, and then uh, very isolated in the afternoons, uh, developing over the... or the mountains, you know, uh, just induced by, by local diurnal effects. Uh, but really no significant rainfall uh, is expected, at least uh, from what we can see today uh, through the second half of the week. Okay. Well, thank you very much, David Sanchez, and I'll be, we'll be reaching out to you guys towards the end of the week so we can okay. get a, a weekend preview. Okay? Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. Okay. That's uh, David Sanchez uh, uh, giving us a, a, a weather update for uh, uh the Virgin Islands and the region uh, during this week, and uh, be prepared, okay? Um, because um, it's gonna be interesting uh, with the water accumulation that we're looking at um, uh, from the early part of the month. Even when I wasn't here, I, I had gotten uh, word that uh, there was a lot of rain taking place here in the territory. I got back on the sixth. Uh, it's been eight days since then, and uh hasn't rained a whole lot, but I'm glad. The island green, that's the most important thing. 
Yeah, for sure. Let me get a little quick COVID update, COVID-19, a local COVID-19 update. And also, I also got a, a, a press release that I want to read. Uh, Zoe hooked me up with a press release from the Department of Health, so I want to work that up. Uh, locally, um, the Thursday numbers, because, you know, we weren't on on Friday, so I want to give a shout-out to all the veterans because we didn't do a show on Veterans Day, right? Um, thanks for uh, all that you've done to allow for us uh, to live free in this Western world. And I appreciate uh, uh, your contributions uh, on behalf of the people to keep us safe, to all the veterans, right, and all of the uh, different uh, departments uh, and disciplines and all that stuff, okay? Uh, good sample, 322 negatives, 10 positives. Um, so a good ratio, a 32 to, 32 to 1. Um, we got 70 Actives in the territory, 54 of which are on St. Croix, 16 on St. Thomas, none on St. John. In that uh, 10 positive sample, there were 10 on St. Croix, none in St. Thomas and St. John. Okay? Nationally, positivity rate down to 8.4%. And 39,489 cases per day. So we're doing very well on the mainland. Hoping to stave off the fall uh, and winter wave. Uh, we've had some bad winters the last two winters, so we're keeping an eye on, as they say in St. Thomas, and Daddy, right? Mahane Kusu. Joseph over there. I'm a partner, Rufus Tomble. Hey, Rufus Tomble, by the way, you know, ever since you hooked me up and let me know that that, that, uh, that station ID song that we that do um that morning that, that morning dance for Spyro Jaira. I, I go hear that two, three times a day. Uh that 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 that's sweet, you know, listening to that um steel pan and all that stuff. So we're doing good. Now it's my understanding that <clears throat> um the, the marketplace, right? The Dow is now up at 33,747.86. But apparently the futures don't look good. We're looking at a rough uh what could be a rough Monday, right? And uh so we're keeping an eye on that, okay? Um, <clears throat> so I, I let me let me look on the the market watch now to see um, what the futures look like because it could be a rough Monday uh, uh, in uh, on Wall Street. Keep an eye on the futures. I know uh, my partner Joey Hollins and and Treasure they hooked me up with. Um, Wall Street data, so we're keeping an eye on that. But, you know, like I said, um, something going on that uh, uh, with all of this struggling, struggling, right? For some reason, investors ain't hesitating to invest in all of these American-based entities. So, you know, we're going to keep an eye on that. Definitely keep an eye on that. For sure, Friday was good on the marketplace. Pretty flat with it though, but 1.88% up on NASDAQ, 9 tenths of a percent, S&P 500, and um, Russell 2000, 8 tenths of a percent. All three of these indices were much higher than than uh, the, the DJI, the Dow Jones Index, so go keep an eye there, but apparently the futures were bad, so we waited to see how that can be reflected on Wall Street. You know something, um, Mr. DJ? Uh, let me get us Stanley on the 10 sleepless nights. Let me get that um that slime mangoose um before the delegate comes on in in, uh, in another three or four minutes. 
so she could let us know what's going on up on the mainland. And, you know, the, the Senate is now uh, back in the hands of the Democrats again. The House looking tight. Look, the Republicans got the edge. So we'll see uh, how that one pans out as they continue to count the votes. Arizona and Nevada was the epicenter of uh, the political American political world over the weekend. And uh, Democrats won three key races of the four. Um, two Senate uh, in, in Nevada and Arizona. One governor in Arizona to be announced soon, to be called soon. Republican one in Nevada. So let me get a slime mangoose there. Um, to, to, so we're going to get some Quelbe up in the mix for the, for the listeners. And then uh, uh, we'll get the delegate on um, right after right after that. Okay? Enjoy.
Tan intensive, let's your head as that clean flute. That's Stanley Jacobs <coughs> that we're playing. Uh, they're on Stanley intensive plus night. And uh, at any time, we will reach for a Stanley and a GMC uh, in a heartbeat. Doing the graph, they say that you got a, you got a Epson music. It's like you don't want me to play the, the Epson band of renowned music here, but it's up to you. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I ready to play Epson. Um, Doc School already had me to know um, that I'm pushing the graph. Uh, your father was a big shot with Epson, but you're holding out. But it's up to you. Up to you. I appreciate that. Uh, we join uh, this morning uh, by the delegate to Congress, um, Congresswoman uh, Stacey Plaskett, um, um, going through a, a bittersweet window here, um, having a uh, been re-elected for the fifth time, but at the same time dealing with some family matters, like they're saying, St. Thomas. Good morning, <laughs> Madam Delegate. How are you? Why, why are you laughing at me? Man? Well, you yeah. did that R. You did that R really well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to tease this in Tommy and them. We got, got they, they, they got heavy. They got heavy R. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, uh, it's like it's almost like a U H. <laughs> Like we and say great, we don't say has and they don't say horse, you know. What I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, so you know. Uh, but good morning, uh, good morning yeah, to man. you. Good, good morning. Good to hear your it's, voice. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, good man. to hear your voice. Yeah, man. So, so you still in? You still in the Apple? You still in New York? I actually, uh, I, I no, I'm not. I'm in D.C. Congress meet today. Okay. Um, we do, you know, our last, our last bit of work. Uh, in this lame duck, but it's weird because it's not really a lame duck because we still don't know who's going to be in charge. Yeah, that's right? right. That's right. That's right. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, um, we, we're going to go to a break. Uh, so, uh-huh. so we'll come back. Uh, we'll pick it up right there with what happens now that, you know, the, the week after, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of things going on in both chambers and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, we yeah. also, and then I, I wanted to explain. Um, the the main difference between the House and the Senate with respect to um, processing bills, because the mm-hmm. simple majority runs things where you're at, but there's a closer impact on the on the other side. So when we come back, uh, we'll talk with the delegate a little bit more, and then we'll also also bring in the guys for the table talk uh, at the bottom of the hour. So we'll be back right after this. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big <laughs> cowboy hat on. He looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. All of us want to know what's going on, but only some of us want to know the why. That's where we come in. 1A is a place for the curious. Daily conversations for those looking to make sense of our world. I'm Jen White. I hope you'll join me next time for 1A. Catch 1A at its new time. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. 
I'm Deepa Fernandez from Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. We'll bring you all the news that happens between the morning headlines and the afternoon wrap-up, plus conversations with authors and artists, stories that affect you, maybe a story about you. So please join us for Public Radio's Midday News magazine, Here and Now. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go. And our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations one in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. BankofStCroix.com Congresswoman Stacey Plaskett uh, joining us um, on Analyze This uh, this morning. Good morning once again, Madam Delegate. Morning, morning. Okay, good. So you're you? you're you're in the lower chamber, right? That's right. That's how that's how that's that's how it's looked at. Even though I think it's equal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it the uh, we're we're the people's chamber, the House of Commons. That's oh. <laughs> uh, the Senate is the House of the Senate is the the House of Lords, right? House of Lords, correct, 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 correct. That's that, that's <laughs> awesome. And you guys are simple majority, right? If you guys get the numbers with the four thirty sure. with so the four thirty five, go ahead. Right. So uh, you know, m- members can introduce legislation. Uh, the legislation goes, like in our own local legislature, goes through committee and has to be voted out of the committee. And then whoever is in the majority gets to decide what comes to the floor. And usually there's a negotiation between uh, the minority leader and the majority leader about what bills are going to come to the floor. And when it comes onto the floor of the House, it's passed by um, a, a majority, whatever majority. Now, we also have some legislation which isn't voted on the floor, and those are suspension bills, bills that uh, will be fast-tracked because we know that they can get two-third votes. I've had a couple of those that can pass, and those are usually move more quickly. But yes, we only need a simple majority in the, ho- in the House. But what people often forget, particularly back home, because, you know, we have a unicameral system where we only have one chamber. In the U.S. Congress, there are two chambers. So every bill that is passed in the House, <laughs> which is where legislation originates, has to then be taken up in the Senate. And in the Senate, um, a bill can be debated but it has to pass what they call cloture, which was a law that was passed uh, during World War One, actually, that says that you must have two-thirds vote to stop the debate and bring the bill to the floor. 
And that's where all kinds of, you know, that's where most legislation gets caught up <laughs> and, and never makes it to an actual vote. But um, there is only one kind of bill in the Senate which only needs a majority, and that's the budget, the omnibus budget. And Build Back Better was supposed to be that one piece where you only need a majority, but you're only allowed to do that once a year um, to pass one of those pieces of legislation. Okay. Well, that's, that, that I learned that now, that, that there is at least one bill that does not require the normal protocols. Is that what you're saying? We're right. respect to the budget, right? Okay, no. Yeah, and you know, and but that and that bill has so many rules. You know, the and that's where you get in. You remember Neville, where there was a discussion about what the parliamentarian would or would not allow because the bill has to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. It can't have certain elements in the um, in legislation, um, and so that that kind of restricts what can happen. And that's why Mansion became important because. With only a majority necessary, we wanted to pass Build Back Better. That was the one piece that only required a majority. And so that makes what's happening right now in Georgia even more important because when if we have more than just a 50-person majority, if we end up with 52, that allows one or another Democrat or one or another, you know, of our party, my party, not to have to vote on a legislation and the pressure then um, is eased a little bit. Yeah, it'll be 51 with a, with a two, a two, a two member advantage. And then, of course, you always have uh, this, this, the vice president, right? We who have who the is the tiebreaker? Okay, good. Let me ask right. you this question. Let me ask you this question mm-hmm. from your political perspective. Um, Democratic Party had issues with Manchin and Cinema. Um, they came around um, sometime during the summer, and um, it was important for that piece of legislation to actually uh, move forward and and be enacted. Now that um, Kelly was reelected as a Democrat, and Hobbs, uh, Mark Kelly to the U.S. Senate, and Katie Hobbs mm-hmm. apparently on a path to be elected as governor, does that impact cinema? Um, I mean, I know she ain't so bright. But, um, but cinema is actually a very complicated but bright person. You know, people. She has a really unusual story. Yeah, you, you, told, you told us about that. Yeah, growing up yeah, in Utah and, yeah. and, and living in a car and, right. all, and all that stuff. Yeah. Living in a car and all that. Mm-hmm. But it impacts her also because she's going to face a serious uh, primary challenge. Yeah. Uh, from Ruben Gallego. But, but when I said to break, I mean politically, because when you look at what's going on uh, in in Arizona, um, it's gone blue for the last two elections, two high profile elections for the most part. And she, you know, is a is a Democrat. She has a reputation of being aligned with um, some big corporate folk. The reality yeah. is, um, you know, I think I think she's up for reelection in, in twenty four, right? She's up for re-election. You know, people have short memories. Hopeful in her, that's what she's going to hope for. And in the next two years, she may change uh, some of her positions on some issues. Remember, she used to be like a Green Party member. She used to be a very, a very liberal, progressive Democrat, and then shifted as she 
felt it was necessary or maybe her philosophy changed. Not who's to say that she doesn't shift again. But, you know, Arizona is a strange bird because Arizona kind of uh, rewards mavericks, right? You know, like John McCain and some of the others who aren't necessarily stick with one side or the other, but are their own individual people. So I think that's the course that she's trying uh, to tack to, to navigate. And we'll see if it works uh, in, in the next two years. But listen, you know, I think, like you said, Arizona is becoming more blue. Um, and Ruben Gallego is very masterful. He's, uh, you know, a congressman from Arizona has already told me that he's going to come uh, out there to, you know, in the recent parlance, give her the whip whack. Well, my son, we're we going to see uh, how that one pans out. But um, that Arizona, <laughs> we're poor. <laughs> Check that. Uh, we're poor. Action. I know Doc School, uh, he going to like that one when he come out. That was, uh, that was uh, Eddie and the Movement's big tune from back in the day, right? We're poor. <laughs> now, now let, me, let me ask you this, though, with respect to Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. Carrie Lake was acting like her being elected was a fait accompli, right? And yeah. um, that the election deniers, they did not have a good 2022. So the question that I'm going to ask you, and of course I get the boys when they join us in a little bit to chime in on this, um, it's my take that America is more comfortable being in the center than being on the extremes. Uh, what's your take with respect to that? I, I think that's correct with the American people. You know, I, I think about um, the blue wave that happened in 2018 and what we call them the majority makers were people in the middle, right? Uh, in some of these districts where it's kind of purple and where people were comfortable with someone who was not on one side or the other, but rejecting the extreme populism of Donald Trump. You know, he's a populist, extremist kind of personality. And again, with the election, even in the Democratic primary of Joe Biden, is kind of a nod to a more moderate position uh, for a party. And I think that for those, and I think that you're going to see in the Republicans in the House, that that's going to be a problem for them as well, even in going into the next election, that people are not comfortable with extremism. You know, you may have a base of your party that likes that, and, you know, they're the loud minority, but the silent majority, you know, as we call them home in the Virgin Islands, want a steady course ahead. And I, they want to have some surety in, in their government, and I think that, that's what you're seeing. Uh, you know, look at this Arizona race. You have a, a young man, Javon Hodge, who uh, should not be winning in the district that he's winning. Right now, that election is not called. No. Uh, he's up ahead. Yeah, but and less than a point, though. I think it's like 50.4 to 49.6, something like that. Right. But he's, he's a, a moderate Democrat uh, facing an extremist Republican. Listen, you know, Schweiker, the, the Republican, sits with me on ways and means. This is a very senior uh, Republican, but he's had scandal after scandal, questions, uh, was one of the election deniers, and uh, people don't, don't want that. 
people want to be sure that they are getting their needs taken care of by the people that they send to represent them. Okay, good. We got, we're going to be bringing in uh, the boys uh, in, in a little bit. Let me ask this final question before we start incorporating them uh, into the discussion. The Nevada mm-hmm. Senate race actually was the one that took the Democrats over the top, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Nevada, Las Vegas in particular, they were heavily hit with the pandemic. Of course, um, this, there were a couple of phases with the pandemic. Um, we had the election in 2020, but then subsequent to that, we had uh, a, a, a major wave um, that took a lot of lives uh, in early 2021. And then we had the Omicron. Right. We had the Omicron, which didn't take a lot of lives, but there was high infections and all that stuff. And that impacted Las Vegas, which is all about the consumers and, and all that stuff. Um, the fact that November, right, was 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 pretty much expected um, back in June, June, July-ish, when it was when it became official that the Supreme Court did rule how they rule how they ruled with respect to Dobbs v. Jackson, and then inflation apparently. You know all these media outlets and 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 all of a sudden um polling firms were were like they, they were like coming out of nowhere and they were saying inflation was gonna be the number one issue um is it that the 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 voters recognize inflation but they also wanted the Republicans to try to do something about it instead of complaining because a lot of Democrats held their held their seats. The lady in uh, New Hampshire, Hassan, that's right. her name, right? Hassan, Hassan, she held her seat. Um, mm-hmm. Masto held her seat. Kelly held his seat. Um, it goes on and on. And this is it. And Warnock, hopefully, uh, well, he, well, he actually won the election, but he didn't get to the yeah. threshold. Um, in the, uh, yeah, it, out in California, uh, out in Washington State, right, where everybody's like, she's toast. She's yeah, Patty Murray's supposed uh, to be in trouble. Next thing you know, she won. I mean, um, are, are are the voters way more sophisticated than the media try to make them out to be? Well, I think in Nevada is a special case because Republican, um, not campaign, not candidate money, but super PAC money was out in full force there. You know, you're talking close to $50 million in ads against uh, several members of Congress, against the Senate. And Cortez Masto had not been necessarily the most outstanding member of the Senate when she was there. And so people were really concerned about how the shakiness of that. Also, you had a, a governor who was dragging down at the top of the ticket, had also had some missteps, some scandals, and you see he lost. Uh, but I think what really happened in Nevada was the ground game, right? Mm-hmm. And you talked about the pandemic and what happened during the pandemic. It was the union workers who were out there every day, uh, at least 300 of them out a day, uh, talking to people, being door knockers, being out in the community and letting people know for months before the election. And then those same workers going to cure uh, ballots that may have been questioned, provisional ballots, over, you know, almost 10,000 of those ballots were the thing that put uh, the Democrats over because those workers remembered what the Democrats did during the pandemic uh, and the amount, the money that Biden and others put to ensure that they had food on their table during the pandemic when they weren't working with stimulus checks, 
uh, PPP loans, et cetera, that were eventually forgiven. And so I think that's the thing that uh, allowed people. And like you said, you know, the Republicans were talking about inflation, um, but did not have a, a viable solution for what they were going to do while the Democrats were hammering uh, that the fact that they were going to, if they came into power, they were going to reduce Medicaid, reduce Social Security, et cetera. That was, that was problematic for people as well. Uh, and I think that's, that's what you saw happen in many of these places was, uh, yeah, Roe. I think played a major part because also Neville, remember the young people that came out. Oh gosh, huge yeah, man, eighteen, eighteen to twenty nine. Ayo, ayo, as we just said locally, drag them in the street. <laughs> eighteen to twenty nine, you would vote um, was was significant. Let me bring in um, um, the guys here. I believe Rocky Layboard. They're they're on the line. Good morning, um, Mr. Ranking Member. What's up? Good morning, uh, Neville. Good morning to the delegate and. Before going further, congratulations, delegate, um, and your big Thank win. You. And um, I, I could speak to that. I know sometimes when someone tells you congratulations, you will say, "Well, you know what?" Because you run on a pole. So I know, I know it feels. But congratulations anyway. Okay. <laughs> I like Thank that. Doc School. Um, good morning, Mr. Majority Leader. What's up, man? Good morning, Neville. Good morning, Rocky, and good morning to Superwoman, our delegate to Congress. Good morning, morning. As well, and listening audience, big congratulations. Unopposed is awesome. It speaks to the fact that the, the voters believe that you're doing an exceptional job, which you have done. I didn't tune in when you first started, but I just want to ask. It seems as though that you guys are going to leave. The Democrats are going to lose the House because of all this gerrymandering that these guys do did in, this, in in the different states. And I don't know if you spoke to this issue, but uh, no, we're going to we're going to get to that uh, when we come back uh, f- from the break uh, because there, there's there's some questions there with respect to what happened in New York uh, 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 as mm-hmm. well. Ronnie Russell, uh, you there, Anwar? Yes. Morning, good morning, Ronnie. delegate. Yeah. Good morning to the wonderful team and congratulations, delegate. Good morning. Um, you re- yeah. You ran a good campaign, you know. You had big <laughs> signs. <laughs> I love that. I, I, listen, you know, the signs were actually my daughter's idea. You know, when children are raised in politics, they uh, that, that's all that goes on in our house. Uh, and, you know, I was telling her, I didn't want to be in the sign wars with people. There are so many signs all over the place. And she was like, well, why don't you do huge signs, but not that many. I mean, people will notice it, but you don't have to have that many. So, actually, we, when you think about we, we the got, number of signs other we, people had, we got, we, I, I didn't have that many signs up. We're we going to come back to that uh, right after this. Table Talk in full effect. Got the delegate. Be back right after this. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. 
Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what? I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire? To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. If it's happening around the world... NPR's Frank Langford is in London covering this one. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Cuba is experiencing its biggest anti-government protests. If it's happening here at home... On a blistering hot day in Twin Falls, Idaho... Join on the northeast border of Mississippi, where the river nourishes rich and green... Morning Edition from NPR News will take you there, wherever the story is. Listen every weekday. From 6 to 8 a.m. Here on WTJX FM 93.1. Tune in to Conversations with AARP Virgin Islands. Listen and watch to get news and information on upcoming events as well as informed conversations with agencies and community organizations. On WTJX-TV Channel 12, Fridays at 8.30 p.m., Sundays at 2 p.m., Saturdays streaming live on AARP Virgin Islands and WTJX's Facebook page Tuesdays at 11 and live 11 a.m. at 93.1 WTJX-FM, Conversations with AARP Virgin Islands. here and analyze this and we the table talk is in full effect and we got to delegate uh, for one more segment so um let me just yield um so the question so you guys can ask the question and i know doc school you got right into it so let me go to you since you in st thomas the capital like i like to brag over there the church comes in so 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 doc school first uh, question for the delegate question for delegate Never in a brag, it is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> we just stay facts and we analyze. <laughs> so, I delegate the question I had, like I, I, I asked it earlier. Uh, I know you played an important role there at the Ways and Means Committee. And uh, with the gerrymandering that was done in a lot of the states, and even as never said, the guy in New York is in charge of the Democratic thing. He lost his seat. That is that is crazy. But how do you foresee going forward? All the races haven't been called. But I, I was looking at the news, and it's, right now it's close that the, the Republicans going to take. So can you see that issue? Well, let's let's take the worst case. Well, let me first say this: that I don't think it's necessarily over. And um, I think the news just needs to stick to what is factually in front of them and not do any projections because their projections have been off since 2018, right? Um, it, it, it's re they really don't know what they're doing at this point. And so, I, you know, I was texting um, Mika Brzezinski uh, last Friday and I was like, can you guys please stop with your projections because you're giving people angst and you're wrong uh, each and every time. So I'm not sure who's going to control the House at this point uh, because there is still a path for Democrats. 
Um, and But let me say this. If the Republicans mm-hmm. gain control of the House, this will be a very interesting year because it will be by the slimmest of margin. And when we talked about, Neville, they talked about the extremes of either side. The extreme of the Republican Party will cause complete chaos for the Republicans. They don't have as many moderates as the Democrats do. They have a much more um, right wing of their party. And so the fact that they have Freedom Caucus, what we call Freedom Caucus members, and now um, MAGA Caucus members that are part of the party means that an individual like Kevin McCarthy, who does not have the strategic counting whip skills that Nancy Pelosi has, is going to wreak havoc on their ability to pass any legislation. Now, practically, what that also means is that our ratios on all of our committees change. So you talked about being me being on ways and means. Uh, the, the most junior member of committees have to leave committees of significance so that the party that's in power has the larger majority on those committees. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if we do lose, if the Democrats lose the majority of the House, then myself and, and four or five other members of ways and means on the Democratic side will be taken off of ways and means so that uh, a Republicans can make up those numbers so that they could be in the majority. So, you know, Neville, I, I know this sounds bad, but like all during the campaign season, those of us on the lower part of the dais of ways and means kept looking at members on our side like, okay, he's retiring, he's retiring. Oh God, hopefully he loses his primary. Maybe that one will leave so that even if we lose the majority, you know, you know, your seat is safe. Uh, but I think that will happen. But if you look at a, a prognosticator, uh, a pollster, he's not even a pollster. He's just kind of like some statistical savant. His name is um, Christopher Boozy, B-O-U-Z-Y, who's a young yeah. black man who's created some misinformation, um, some bot, um, uh, you know, app on Twitter. He is, he's the only person who's actually called the elections correctly. And uh, he believes that the Democrats will actually keep the House. What happened Mm. in the New York district was a whole series of unfortunate events. Right. It started off with this was the year where districts were reassigned based on the census. And New York lost a district because of 89 applications in the census. So 89 individuals did not turn in their census forms. And there was a loss then of an entire district, which makes up 700 people. And so that caused uh, remapping. And then you had members of the legislature of the New York legislature who did not give the appropriate funding for the independent uh, not Jerry, you know, redistricting group to to be uh, move forward. And so you ended up with an unfortunately overly aggressive uh, Democrat sided uh, district outline um, that was proposed, you know, and, and once again, that you know, one of those individuals was Sean Patrick Maloney, who is the head of the campaign arm for the House Democrats. 
And uh, then we had uh, the court decide a Republican-controlled uh, special master in New York who redrew those districts that were not favorable to Democrats. And so we lost elections that we should have won in very blue New York, mm -hmm. um, which is making the path more difficult for Democrats uh, to keep the house, mm -hmm. because as you see, if if we had New York, it, it would be done, right? Yeah, man, yeah, man, yeah, 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 yeah. But but this thing about but, this thing about having um, two two long-standing Democrats um, like Mah like Maloney, um, Mahoney and um, and Nadler, um, mm -hmm. and going each go, other in New York, right? Going up against each and other in, in a primary—that's craziness. Yeah. Right, and you know, one of the things I told you, uh, Neville, was that. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who's the chair of the Democratic caucus, will probably be the next leader of the House Democrats. They drew him into Yvette Clark, his home, into Yvette Clark's district in Brooklyn, in New York, yeah. in Brooklyn. They both represent Brooklyn, um, and they put him, his house, in her district so that the two of them would fight. And he just decided magnanimously, I'm not going to fight Yvette in her district, I'm just going to represent a district that I don't even live in. I feel that I'm strong enough to do that. And sure enough, you know, he won. He, he was able to do that. And so this, this fighting was just, it was just crazy. Yeah. You know, for, for months, you all on the house floor, New Yorker, the New York members were mean mugging each other. Um, you know, who's going to be fighting who, who's, uh, who's going against who, you know, members would be coming up to me. You know, I, I hang out a lot with the New York members. They're like, oh, you down with Nadler, are you down with Maloney, you know. <laughs> let me get, um, gang let, you with? yeah, let, let me get Rocky, Rocky in here and then, uh, Ronnie, Rocky question for the delegate before, um, um, we excuse her and let her go back to her, to her business. Yes. Um, I got a couple. Uh, delegated morning again. Uh, morning. What does it? What does they say? The scenario stays out the same, and let's say, let's say you lose the house. Uh, mm -hmm. What does it mean for us in the territory? In terms of um, how your agenda is going forward. Right, right. Well, you know, I um, last January I met in in our last staff retreat. And talked with my senior staff about, listen, there's a possibility every president in his first, right, his first midterm loses uh, the chamber of the House when he's in power. We need to think about what that would mean. And I have really been focused uh, in the last few months in pivoting my team to shore up our relationships in the administration. Because even okay. though we may lose the House, we still have a Democratic administration. We still have a Democratic um, president. Right. Many of the members of his cabinet are, you know, are personal friends of mine. But And there is tremendous amount of funds that were given to the Virgin Islands in the last Congress for which we need to see uh, the right. realization, them not just being appropriated, not just being obligated, but actually being drawn down by our local wow. legislature and uh, the local government. So 
my my work, a lot of my work this term, whether we were in the the Democrats were in the majority of the House or in the minority, was going to focus on the administration and making sure that we have what we have all of the funds and it's on the ground. Listen, one of the things that I've been talking about um, to our local members of our local legislature that I really think we have not thought about or focused on, uh, going to talk with, uh, you know, Governor Bryant, now reelected for a second term, is that in this summer, in the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, yes, funding uh, Pete Buttigieg and others, HUD, transportation, we're giving funds to localities, and we receive money from that. But there's a larger pool of money that you have to apply for for projects. The president has said he's looking for projects that are in minority communities, underserved communities, communities that are subject to uh, climate change, communities that have uh, fossil fuel and old uses of uh, utility systems and and energy areas that need jobs, right? The United States is at a 3% unemployment rate. The Virgin Islands is still at a nine-something unemployment rate right now. So all of those things kind of feed into the fact that we need to reimagine some of the areas in the Virgin Islands to apply for an out-of-the-box kind of transformational uh, uh, project working with the private sector as well. And to, in my mind, that's, South Shore is prime for that, that we have, I, I'm just at a point where I'm, please, don't say refinery anymore to me. We've got to reimagine what that, what that area is. Since 2012, we've been starting, stopping, starting, stopping. Uh, it, the universe is telling us something, that uh, we need to rethink what that area should be and we're at a place where we have a, a, a presidential administration that has put as their mandate something exactly like that. And so those are the okay. things that I think I'd be working on well, as well. Great. Well, just before, Mr. President, before my last thing is that I, I think she kind of segwaying and where I was kind of leading is that we hear so much about money coming to the territory, but I was hoping that, and it sounds like this is what you're about to do, is to find a way that you can help the local administration in trying to have these money spent before they they get taken away in the long run. And lastly, before you respond to that, um, um, what are your office hours in St. Thomas? I need a, I need 20 minutes of your time. Like when <laughs> you're in the territory again. Um, well, so the first part, yes, that is going to be a large part of my focus. And, you know, I don't think members of our local government's cabinet really believe, and I keep explaining to them that, listen, this is no joke that we could lose some of this money, uh, that if its money is not, uh, obligated or drawn down, we, we could lose it, particularly yeah. if there is a Republican um, majority right. in the House, because they're the ones who set the budget. You already have um, members of the Republican Party, uh, you know, being pushed by lobbyists to write letters about funding at WAPA. Now, in my opinion, the component of WAPA that they were looking at 
was not the appropriate one to be questioning. But there have been issues in WAPA that would be very well for us to look at, you know, but they didn't even follow the process by which one would do that. They immediately jumped three steps to do that. So there's a there's people are watching us. And it's a, a a whole heap of money. I would have said it differently, but, you know, it's NPR and morning <laughs> uh, radio, so I can't say it how I want, right. that, that we need to be focused on. Uh, as for my office hours, you know, first, uh, our my team is there every day during the week. Um, and But right now, you know, at first I want to thank the people of the Virgin Islands for so much of their well wishes. Um, but my father is very ill, um, terminally ill with cancer. And so uh, I have been spending a lot of time in New York. You know, I always tell people my dad and my mother, one of those, you know, Virgin Islanders that came to New York in the 50s. Uh, my dad was a New York City cop up there for 30 years. He's been retired for many years. I'm blessed that he's 90, but... Um, I'm spending a lot of time, if I'm not in D.C. working, um, really helping out my mother and uh, and my family. And, you know, I'm also blessed. That I, you know, I, when you're raising them, you they get on your last nerve. You love them, but you're like, oh, God. But I have a lot of sons and so uh, who are adults now, and we're all rotating uh, time to help out my mom. My dad is in hospice at home. So you may not see me for a while, um, but listen, you know, with technology, Rocky, we could talk um, in, if if not just by phone, um, you know, by Zoom. And and, and listen, what are you doing? You could come up here to D.C. Uh No, well, I'm just going to tell you, it doesn't matter. I would come up there. I would come up there. Yeah. Check, check, check. I know it's getting cold. I know it's getting cold, but you no, know. No, 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 The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.